to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts, Brent Aiken, David Pruitt, and Russell Martin. This podcast is all about equipping, encouraging, and inspiring youth pastors weekly with topics that are brought to the table by youth pastors from all over the world. And now, here's your host for this week, David Pruitt. Hello and welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, we want to welcome you and invite you over to our website, studentministryconversations.org, where you can find all of our previous episodes, show notes, blog articles, and much more. Our goal here at Student Ministry Conversations is that you are inspired, encouraged, and the things that you hear on this podcast would equip you to be a better student pastor for the church that you are serving in. All right, let's get to it. Guys, I got to tell you, this is a huge treat for me. Um, I've had a lot of friends on this podcast, but I can truly say this is my best friend. Um, you know, there's like best friends and then there's like a category above. Um, realized this year we have been friends for 25 years. Um, for some people, that might be your entire life, and that's great. Um, but yeah, we've been we've been friends since the good old days in elementary school and, uh, man, uh, just Brandon is, is easily, um, the greatest guy I know. Um, and I say that in every, every way, form and, and fashion, he was the best man in my wedding. Um, he is one of the most caring and compassionate people I've ever met. Um, which is a big part of what we're going to be talking about, um, in our topic. But before we get to that, um, would love to uh, tell you a little bit about Brandon. He's already got one master's degree. He's a grad student who is getting a second master's degree. Very, very close to having that. Um, and uh, basically working to become a, a counselor. And so um, there's a lot to that, and I'll let him tell you about that. But uh, please, Brandon, tell us a little bit about yourself, brother. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um like, like you said, my name is Brandon Upton. Um, I actually came to um, mental health uh, in a very uh, different way, is what we'll call it. Um, it was actually uh, born out of uh, heartbreak, I guess I could say. Um my life and my calling was on track to become a uh, a pastor in the United Methodist Conference and uh, the Northwest Texas Conference. Um, and then uh, after, you know, the fate of one meeting, uh, the Lord kind of uh, led me a different way. Um, and it, I'll be honest, it wasn't a, uh, a uh, easy season um, by any means. But, um, through that, I'm like, I've had so many reassurances from the Lord that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and the way that I explain it to people is that, um, I still get to be a pastor, but like, I get to go deeper, quicker with people than, um, most pastors, um, will ever get to do. Um, and so for me, that's that's worthwhile because I get to know um, what makes people tick. Um, and so uh, tr- uh, fast forward uh, to, well, this is year three. Oh, man. Uh, fast forward three years later, um, I uh, started my master's at Asbury Theological Seminary 
um, felt the Lord calling me back to good old West Texas. Um, and so I'm at WT finishing up, um, and I couldn't be more excited um, just to dive in um, and to help reshape or reframe the way that the church views and talks about mental health. Yeah, so um, kind of a, a note in that. I remember um, for the longest time, uh, Brandon and I used to dream about every church having a person on staff and their whole job was just pastoral care. Um, you know, we talk about different ministries, but um, one thing that a question we were asking ourselves at a, at a pretty decently young age, I'm, I'm talking like 19, 20 years old, we began to look at the church and, and we saw that there's so many churches that don't have somebody who actually takes care of the pastors and, and leaders inside the church. Now, I realize that, that a lot of associates pastors like that is like one of their roles. But as far as having somebody who their entire job is to kind of oversee the spiritual, mental, emotional well-being of the staff on church, the leaders at their church, um, that was kind of a rare thing back then. Um I think we're starting to see more and more, um, especially in some of the conversations I'm having um, as churches are expanding. Now they have like social media pastors, which is pretty interesting, um, online like campus pastors in that sense, too. And so I think the church is definitely redefining um, the traditional roles of of pastors. But that's one of the big things um, that we used to dream a lot about. And so that kind of leads me into my first question I have for you, Brandon. Why is it important? You know, I think before we can really get into any kind of topic, we have to ask the question, why? Why is it important for us as pastors to actually consider our personal care? That is a great question, and it's not its not an easy question by any means. Um, with the um, stigma that still very much pervades the Western church, um, I say the Western church because... Uh, um, you don't really see like this uh, polarization or this divide, so to speak, um, in the churches overseas, just by what I've witnessed. Um, but why, as pastors, we need to prioritize mental health is like, oh, it all starts with us. Like, if we, <laughs> as cliche as it sounds, if you don't make time for wellness, you're going to make time for illness. And that's why... Uh, nine times out of ten, you hear um, terrible, terrible stories about pastors who have, like, who they ha they hadn't prioritized uh, mental health. And so they have, um, which led them to do something, you know, terrible, which ended up in the news. And then that just hurts the witness of the church. And so firstly, uh, just to kind of boil it down, I think it starts with three things. One, um we ha we have to be honest with ourselves like we have to recognize that yes uh, we are pastors and yes we are called to serve where we are uh, but on the flip side of that we're called to you know to take care of ourselves to be stewards of our you know to make sure that like um just as like if we have a physical ailment um that's ailing our body um it it doesn't like make it any different if like you know hey i noticed that like i'm not feeling um 
I'm not feeling happy like I used to. And like, this is something that I got into because, um, you know, I really felt the Lord kind of infused joy into that. And so just paying attention to that um, and then finding, uh, finding, you know, a safe place. um, If that's within like, uh, you know, one of your close, um, someone in your circle, I like, you know, if for those who don't know what your circle is, um, I would recommend, you know, just to find at least three to five people, um, probably no more than five, um, that you can be you with, like, uh, unapologetically. Um, and, um, like, they'll love you for you. And uh, because, you know, this life, this world is broken. And, you know, we live in a, in a broken world. And it's easy just to, um, to think that we either have to shoulder all of, you know, all of the ups and downs of our ministry on our back when, you know, the Lord tells us, you know, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I think that's the part we forget about is that, you know, we, we, uh, we're weary and we're, and we're heavy laden, but instead of going to the Lord, you know, to give us rest, we kind of push forward because society tells us that we have to um, pull ourselves by up by our bootstraps and, you know, get it done. When in reality, um, the church statistics um, are very sobering in this fact that uh, pastors have the highest rate of burnout um, uh, per capita. Um, you see a lot of a lot of pastors uh, leaving unfortunately. Um, and so one, be honest with yourself Two, be honest with your, with your leadership team, um, allow them to speak into your life. Um, and three, um, be, be rooted in the sense, um, rooted in all sense of the word, um, where you are, there you are. So be there. Um, and I think the lack of being present, um, especially for pastors, because it's easier for us to physically be there, but our mind be like, okay, I have uh, this, 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 or this to get done. Um, when in reality, the greatest gift that we can give our, um, our congregants or our parishioners is our time, is our presence, like our 100% presence of uh being disconnected from everything that this world tries to um, throw at us. Man, that is so good. <laughs> My man. <laughs> I've been, I, I always take notes every time I have someone on. And uh, the fact that you just spurted like three things, like, oh, Brandon, I love you, dude. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. You talked about this a little bit, and, and, and this is something that's probably talked about on every ministry podcast ever. Um, it's probably the number one topic, but I think it's because it's, as you said, the the number is skyrocketing right now. But pastoral burnout is at an all-time high, mostly due to the imbalance of our physical, emotional, and mental health. Why do you think it's so hard for us to actually seek out care? That's a great question. Um, I, 
I think part of it comes from like this false sense of uh, feeling like we have to have it, like we have to be viewed as having it all put together and that like, um, and that we have to be the strong one. There we go. I was trying to think of the words. Um, when, you know, in reality, you know, the Lord tells us that, you know, when you are weak, I am made strong. And that um, the most, probably the most beautiful thing you can do for, um, you know, your staff, your congregants, your parishioners is to allow them in to the messy places of your life to, um, you know, to witness when, um, when, you know, the world is crashing down under, under us. Um, because then those can be, you know, voices of exhortation and, um, uh, raising you up when you may not have the strength to, um, and probably the most, um, powerful thing that I could say kind of in conjunction with that, um, on why pastors don't seek out care. Um, well, it goes back to burnout, but also it goes back to, um, uh, the lack of living into, um, Sabbath, um, and just feeling like we have to, um, be on seven days a week because, you know, uh, ministry never sleeps. Yeah, um, <laughs> Brandon has been on me my entire really adult life about this, and I've always said there's no such thing as part-time ministry because there's no such thing as part-time people, and what's funny is you were always so patient and kind with me um, with that, but you always had this look like, okay, <laughs> all right, because you could go all the time, and it was like I was so naive for so long to believe like, and, and I think it's still a true statement. There's no such thing as part-time ministry because there's no such thing as part-time people. People need us all the time, but we have to realize that we are doing this together. You know, it's one thing if, if I walk into just for example, say I walk into a store and I'm the only Christian inside that entire store. There's a hundred people in the store, including me. I'm one of a hundred people. There's 99 other people and I'm the only one who can present the gospel. Yeah, I can understand the urgency of wanting to work hard, but I mean, let's be completely honest. Um, all of us are serving in a church and there's, you know, a typical church staff has anywhere from, I'd say three um, to maybe even a hundred people on staff for the bigger churches um, or more for that matter none of us are actually going through this completely alone um, uh, when it comes to church. And that's just your paid staff. Then you have your, your volunteer leaders. You've got your, um, you've got your leadership board or elders or deacons, whatever you have. And then under that, we have volunteers. And so depending on your church size, I mean, you could have easily 20 people up to, you know, hundreds of people who are all on the same team. And yet I think we carry this mentality that, we have, we're like the only ones and we have to always be on. And, um, I, at least for me, I know that's something that I'm really, really struggling with trying to redefine balance. And so, um, man, you make a really good point there. Um, what do you think, um, 
for the typical pastor, what do you think the biggest needs are um, as far as like our mental health and, and balance and all of that? What do, what do you think are some of the biggest pastoral needs? Say the question for me one more time. I'd say it might be a little broad, um, but what do you think are the biggest needs um, that pastors have um, when it comes to um, taking care of ourselves? And you know, wh- what are some things that we need to prioritize more? Um, I think probably one of the biggest pastoral needs that um, pastors need is like they need um, they need a safe place for themselves to um to be themselves uh, because it's hard to kind of live into that into that duality of like um okay you're my you're my congregant you're in a high leadership team but yes i'm a, i'm your pastor but you know i need to tell you about some um just some very tough um things that are going on in my life um and so it's hard to kind of live in it and live into that duality and, uh, you know, be obedient to where the Holy Spirit is leading you and who, um, you know, that you're called to confide in. Um, so I think one, you know, uh, past one of the pastoral needs is they need a safe place they need a safe place they can go um, to. Um, I think the biggest like strength for pastors is like they either need um, someone uh, on the pastoral care level, either on their staff or they need to be in um, uh, they need to be in connection with one of them. Um, Cause I heard uh, one of the statistics that they told us like in our, in our masters of, Div- of divinity class um, for care of persons that talked about um when pastors are um, counseling their parishional parishioners and like um, you know walking through uh, tough moments in their life, um, I think the statistic was that if you can't um, alleviate the issue in three to five sessions, then you need to refer out. Like you need to refer to somebody to a licensed professional. Um, but I think also that's kind of where the rubber meets the road, because I think that pastors feel like they have to, they have to fix it. Um, when in reality, um, you know, they're called to, you know, just be, to just be them. Um, so I think one, a safe place to recognizing that you're not the end all be all for people is that, um, uh, Sometimes, like, they're going to need, you know, deeper, um, a deeper level of care than what you can imagine and that's, or what you can provide, and that's okay. Um, and just kind of leaning into that. Um, and thirdly, um, I'd probably just simply say just training, in a sense, because I think that that's probably where um, a lot of people kind of fall to the wayside, is that most people in um, the church today, um, they don't know, you know, um, the warning signs, I guess, of like when, you know, things are will become a problem or how to navigate, you know, issues in their staff. Like, oh, okay, what do I do when 
my um like when, when my youth pastor of like nine years says hey um i feel like i'm losing a sense of my calling that i ha- you know that i had when i first started um would it be okay f- for you if i if i you know step back for a moment to take a couple of you know a couple of months to kind of allow the lord to kind of breathe new life into me in today's society uh, that would be viewed as, as a little nonsensical and kind of crazy um but i think that you know um a pastoral need is that we we need that like we need um to be able to recognize that like um as i said earlier that it's it starts with us and like we have to model we have to model that we have to model um that you know just as christ came down in the incarnation and he felt the brevity the good the bad the ugly you know depression anger anxiety the full nine yards um just as he felt that you know we we feel that and so we have to realize that like um we have to take care of ourselves yeah that's good that's so so important my goodness um and you made it you made a really good point there too because like you said that that youth pastor who's been in a position for nine years and they need a, a chance to maybe take a break um for a second there i was like oh man he's about to fully call me out here because i am <laughs> nearly at 10 years i am that youth pastor who um has had to take a couple of of steps back um on a couple of things i you know i went um several weeks in a row just without in a single day off i mean i think I, it was like a total of six weeks um no day off and i was working like every week it was like i was working more and more and i was getting to a point of like 90 hour weeks and i'm like man i just don't have i don't have it physically spiritually emotionally i felt like my body is like failing me and <laughs> you know and, and even having this frustration of like why can't i just go one more hour but it was like my body was like dude i tapped out two weeks ago like you're ignoring me and now you're sick and now you're real sick, <laughs> you know, and now you don't have a choice. Um, and I, I, you know, I have long joked and said this is kind of just my personality. I, I'm a bit of a workaholic and I'm, and I'm working on that. Um, but one of the big questions I wanted to ask you uh, going into this, Brandon, um, as, for, as someone who is currently working on rebalancing his life, um, what does that look like, you know, for a youth pastor, children, like, I believe that there are people, um, yes, this is called student ministry conversations, but I believe that there's all kinds of pastors that listen to um, our conversations, mostly because they told me, um, you know, whatever age and stage you're in, how do we, how do we run rebalancing, especially when we have been too far the other, other direction and taken on maybe more than, um, you know, it, we like to joke um, in the church world, it's like, this is this is your job description, and it's like this big, and then there's this time there's a, you know a couple little words, and whatever the pastor deems necessary, and that whatever the pastor deems necessary turns into like five pages of work before you're, you even know what you're doing because it's like it's like oh it's not just what the pastor deems it's what the entire church deems necessary for you and so now all of a sudden you're 
doing more than you you physically have the capability of doing, but yet we feel this enormous pressure, and I, and uh, and I would call it even like a weight of expectation um, to fulfill all those little things. So how how do we rebalance when we've allowed things to get too much? I think um, it starts with. One, um, and this this may not make sense at the, at the beginning, but roll with me. Um, that we have to we have to live and be present in the moment, and not in what's next. Um, it's very easy for um, us in ministerial settings um, to be very. Uh, uh, this sounds very. It sounds harsh, but I mean it's true. To be very transactional when it comes to like you know, our schedule and the, and the day we're like, Oh, okay. I've got, you know, Austin's play. I've got to go to, uh, so-and-so's basketball game. And then I've got this and this. Um, but you know, when you're there, you're not really there because you're thinking about, Oh, okay. Um, I still, did I remember to eat breakfast this morning? No. Okay. (laughs) But, um, but giving yourself permission, um, to, um, live in the moment and to temporarily um, leave your commitments, your responsibilities um, to kind of place them, place them to the side for a moment and allow yourself to experience um, what you're doing in that moment. I know that sounds kind of very new agey, but um, in this society that we live in, it's very fast paced and very self gratifying. Um, and, and so in that moment, it frees you up to, um, to just be you. It gives you the freedom to, um, let off a little bit of, you know, pent up anxiety, pent up stress. Um, but kind of in that, um, talking about how, how do we balance that? I think, um, you know, David, I think you hit the nail on the head is that we have to establish boundaries that, um, we cannot, you know, we can't be present 24 hours a day for people, um, because that's just not realistic. Um, we have to kind of do a self inventory of ourselves, um, and, you know, think about, okay, um, this is where my giftings are. Um, this is what I'm good at. What falls outside of that? Um, where, you know, where can I delegate to kind of free myself up for some stuff? Um, kind of boiling it down to um, what are the core components that make up my calling or my position? Um, and what are the extra stuff that I um, inadvertently took on because I felt like I had to? Um, and so, uh, and thirdly, um, ooh, 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 this is going to get, it's going to be a little rough, but we'll roll in with it. You have to be able, you have to be able to say no. Like there have been so many, uh, ministry minded people, uh, myself included, like I fell into that, that I was, I was the yes man. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go, you know, set up for this. Yes, I'll do that. 
yeah, of course, you know, I'll do that. When in reality, um, yes, you know, all those things are good. Helping the church, you know, setting up for things, um, that's great. But in reality, um, when I looked back on that moment, I realized that, like, um, I was left with, you know, talking about, like, emotional, mental, you know, resources. I was left with nothing. I was um, burnt out. I was tired. I was, you know, um, maybe a little depressed. I don't know. Um, But just kind of allowing yourself uh, to say no. No, am I saying, you know, saying no, you know, to all things? Of course not. Um, but just those that, like, uh, you want to do. and But, you know, this goes back to kind of um, holding the two in tandem with one another. Talking about um, asking yourself, do I have the emotional resources to um, fully commit to... Um, where, like, I think about in ministry, um, you have a student that comes up to you and they're like, oh, you know, I'm just really struggling um, with uh, depression or suicidal thoughts. And, like, you know, you know nothing about that. And, you know, but without thinking about it, you're like, yeah, 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 no, let's, let's talk about it. Let's do it. And so, you know, if you're not careful and you don't ask yourself those questions of that, um, hey, do I, do I have the resources to, you know, to fully commit to this? Um, you're going to be left in probably worse care than, um, the person that's sitting in front of you and you're going to be, you're going to be harming them rather than you're going to be helping them. Mm, Yeah. I'm really glad you said that. Um, I was actually about to interrupt and I don't, I don't like interrupting guests, but I was about to say, cause one of the most harmful things that we can do is to try to give an answer to a question that we do not have the answer to. And we know we, you know, deep in your heart, you know, deep in your soul, even I would say even to, you know, deep in your bones that you don't have the right answer and you know that you're not equipped. You'd have to be very un, I'd have to, you'd have to be very unself-aware to think that you can give an answer to something that you don't know anything about, um, you know, basically BSing your way. And I think there are certain things that we can probably get away with BSing. Um, that's not one of them. Um, when it comes to, uh, you know, that student that comes, uh, we actually had that conversation last night. Um, this is a Thursday. Uh, we had this conversation Wednesday night. Um, and, and we're currently in a question series. And uh, one of the questions I got from a student was, is it sinful to have suicidal thoughts? And it, it cut me right to the core. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, could, I can say um, I have done the research. Um, I, have an, I have a fairly extensive education um, when it comes to dealing with um, suicidal thoughts and tendencies. I've done a lot of study on, their, on resources. Um, I've walked a lot of people through. Um, those situations. Um, and, uh, it's something that I unfortunately have more experience in than I wish I had, if I'm being honest. Um, that's not something that anybody necessarily wants to call themselves an expert in. Um, even counselors, I mean, gosh, I can't even imagine from your role, like having to, to basically say, Hey, I am an expert 
in, we'll call it crisis management. Um, and I think that's probably a good overarching term. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon. Um, but uh, that was one of the conversations that, that came up. And, and the first thing I asked myself is, do I feel equipped to be able to take on this question um, and in 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 doing so, in praying and, and talking to mentors and um, doing even more research, um, came to came to the uh, basic realization that um, we needed to talk about the actual root of what leads to suicidal thoughts. I don't believe that anybody just wakes up and says, "Okay, it's time to do this." That's a solution to a problem that builds over time. And so, um, we began to talk about the root of of how you how one person gets to a place where they start to have that you know that ideation um, and how to counteract that and so that's a conversation for a different podcast but um, <coughs> I do think it's important to consider um, do you are you well equipped in this area and if not um, and you talked about this earlier if you can't um, address it in three to five sessions then you need to delegate out um and delegate it isn't the right word uh refer refer out um and i think man maybe some of the loving most loving things we can do is tell someone we don't know we don't know the the solution maybe we don't know the answer to the uh the problem but we're willing to help them get the resources that they need and maybe that's the more important thing um as you said earlier um we're not the end-all be-all and so if I'm not the right person to help this person, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not helping them. Maybe it's just saying, hey, let me get you connected with somebody who is better equipped um, to help you and, and just know that I, I'm, I'm here, you know, when you want to talk about it or, or whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, man. Incredible, incredible um, advice that you've given, Brandon. I, I, I couldn't, I mean, I cannot stress enough the importance of pastoral care and dealing with your mental health. Um, I believe um, strongly that um, our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being are all connected. And when one is weak, it begins to affect the others. Um, and so taking the time to to work on those things is really, really important. Um, and it's something that I'm trying to learn every day. Um, I wanted to, to, uh, plug a resource that I, I'm personally, um, reading through. Um, it's called, uh, the ruthless elimination of hurry. It looks like this. Um, it's by, uh, John Mark Comer. And the idea is, um, ultimately getting rid of busyness and, um, reprioritizing and balancing, uh, the scale. This has been a huge resource for me. I'll, I'll plug it in the, in the show notes. Um, I think it's a really important book that, um, should be talked about a whole lot more. Um, just a, a little bit on it. The, the premise of it is how to stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the chaos of the modern world. Um, he like, you had mentioned Matthew uh, 11 about giving, um, shouldering burdens and all, and all of that. And that's like the first page of this book. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, incredible, incredible resource. Well, thank you guys. Seriously. So much for listening. Uh, we would be so honored 
If you could share our podcast with your youth pastor friends on social media or tag a specific episode that really stood out to you on your favorite platform by using at Talk Student Men. Finally, if you would like to be on the show in the future, please reach out to us on social media or send us an email to podcast at studentministryconversations.org and we would love to set up a time for you to join us. And I'll also throw this out there in the show notes. I'll have my email address on there um, so that uh, if you need to reach out to me or you would like to reach out to Brandon, um, I I, I can get you guys in contact. Um, Until next week, uh, we hope that you guys have a really, really great week and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you guys.